You are listening to 91.9 WDRT Radio Free Space Viroqua, and this is The Conscious Bro Show. Hello everybody, my name is William Kyle Glenn. I go by Kyle. I'm sitting here with my co-host, Tony Macasset. Hello. Dr. Tony Macasset. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're here with our special guest, haven't seen him in a long time, one of my best friends, Grant Gentry Hicks. Hello, hello, hello. So <laughs> glad to be back in the Driftwood. Yep, yep. Grant used to live here, actually. He used to um, be a teacher of calculus and mathematics at the Youth Initiative. Um, moved away, what, like two years ago? Mm-hmm, two or three years ago. So Grant is has a degree in Chinese medicine. Um, he's an acupuncturist. Like I said, mathematics teacher, metaphysician. He's working on his own deck of cards. Um and he's just a really intriguing, interesting person. I was saying before we started this radio show, you usually don't forget when you meet Grant. Uh-huh. Usually makes an impact, would you say? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you, guys. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to talk about a lot of things. Grant has a lot of stuff he wants to share. And uh, I think it's safe to say we're going to probably get into some, I don't even know, maybe uncomfortable stuff. Maybe. Uh, I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> maybe some taboo stuff. I don't know. We'll, we'll see where this one goes. But uh, first, I just wanted to start in with a check-in. We're just going to kind of check in. Sometimes we start the show like this. So yeah, currently, it's, it's been a real tough month for me. I, I know I shared a little bit on the last radio show. I've been, I had this effective tooth that really took a lot out of me, um, feeling really sore in my neck and my shoulders and my back. And I had, on top of that, all these emotions coming up of... Um, yeah, there was an emotional component of like, because I couldn't really do, I wasn't being able to juggle and hold all the balls that I was holding. And with that came a feeling of kind of like worthlessness and um, shame, mm. I would say, that I couldn't perform the way that I was and kind of not good enough, unworthy. And um, I've been able to uncover where I feel like I'm I'm trying to prove myself and all these things. And I, I can see that the universe is challenging me to find a new place to come from. Uh, more, a more authentic place where I'm not trying to do things partially to prove my worth to God, to society, to myself, to my dad, whatever, to kind of come from a place of knowing what my inner worth is and um, acting from that place, just acting, not trying to prove anything to anybody, just being who I am and acting from that place. So it's it's led to me feeling really uncomfortable. <laughs> And then I, you know, I got this physical aspect of pain that I don't really know. I feel like is connected to it, and then kind of feeling sad and stuff. So that that's what I've been going through lately. Yeah. Any of you want to share? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, just in in my work and and to some degree in myself, the the issue of, of stress manifesting itself and you know outward physical symptoms and pain and and you know the the concept of of this these painful episodes are real but you're like the way that we can deal with them internally and cope with them is is greatly affected by our state of mind and it's uh, it's just part of this this human condition and it also is a is a is a key to allowing us to to better handle these painful episodes whether you know emotional discomfort or physical pain Right on. How have you been doing, Grant? Well, I really appreciate what you guys are saying there about the pain. And uh, I've been feeling a 
pain. I guess it feels like in my spleen, like in my stomach area. Mm. And I feel, I guess just feel really bad about myself. I just had a, I try to sit with it and notice what I'm, I'm doing. And I feel like you know, there's something, something I'm not doing right in my life. And I don't know what it is. I'm not sure about the balance. Mm. And I've been having a, I, I, I say, I think when I feel that kind of pain that I must not be doing something right or that something's wrong with me or I'm not honoring my, uh, my own soul appropriately or effectively. And so I've been sitting with it and I sat with it this morning and, it, and took a little rest and just sort of rested myself a little bit and that eased it for today. And today I haven't been, it's not been bothering me so much. Mm. But I have been feeling a, I guess a conflict that's familiar. I've been feeling a conflict for so long, I don't even know how to, it's just always happening. So I'm always thinking, well, it's like, I'm going to resolve this. And it's once I resolve it, it's going to be better, but yeah. it just keeps being not resolved. Yeah. So I'm sitting with it, letting it be not resolved. Mm, that's good. Yeah. Like just giving uh, attention to it to not have to fix everything. That's hard for men to do, I've found. Not ha and not have to cure the spleen pain. Yeah. You know, like when we had carry on, we were talking earlier and this, this thing that she did where it was like, she was in her tactics. It's like, give yourself permission to like, accept that that pain is there. It's, it's uh -huh. all right. Just accept it. And then you have this whole other world that unfolds to you because you're not so preoccupied with resolution of that spleen pain, so to speak. It's all right. Live with it, and then add in the movement and the and the you know when she was saying like blowing your you know your body is moving with the wind as it like sweeps around you and it's like this dance that's going on where you're not wanting the pain you know not not anything but just not fighting that pain and not not having this like mandatory outcome that no matter what happens I have to resolve this spleen pain. And it's like, boom, you go into this, back into this world where it's a more serene existence and all of a sudden maybe that pain is better, <laughs> you know? So anyway, I, I thought of that as you, as you shared your situation. Yeah. Thank you, Terry. Well, so, I mean, sometimes these things just want to simply express themselves, you know, like when, from what I've learned, I've learned a little bit about trauma in my journey and you know it's sim simply like when we get hurt it's almost like a little part of our kid gets kind of like trapped at a certain age inside of us yeah. it almost like stunts the growth mm -hmm. of us so it's like that kid is in pain inside of us and it just simply needs to express himself or herself yeah yeah i don't want you to make fun of me i want to be accepted mm -hmm. i want to get to be a part of it and belong and be a part of the team and get to feel a big feeling like we're <laughs> right. all doing it together yeah. and i want it to be okay so we we've talked about this before where it's like okay maybe the inclination maybe this is for myself you know so that child stuck in me you know the the 10 year old version of myself with my abandonment issues and you know all these things are come to the table to this day because that version of me is still trying to dominate my actions but what you guys are saying and I, I think the genius in it it's like the pain and the dance it's like don't try to kill that person inside of you crush them control them we're gonna kill man now kill the little boy oh, what? wait a minute why don't I just accept that person knowing I I'm not going to be able to cure that version of me so to speak 
if that's the right word, then you come to this level of acceptance, then you move on to the level of love for that person. And now, once again, what's the goal here? The goal is how do I coexist with that version of myself? And what you can give that version of yourself is, is this crazy asset that we all have, which is the decision to love. Right on. Yeah, there's these experiments that they did on plants one time where they, um, I don't know what these experiments were, but they, um, the plants that they, so they, there's three different plants. On one of them, they spoke positive things to the plants and those ones grew quite a bit. Another one, they spoke negative things to the plants and the growth was stunted. But the third one, they didn't do anything to the plant. They they completely avoided the plant, and that one was stunted the most. Mm. The just simply like bad energy, bad attention was better than no attention. So we got this little hurt child inside of us that's in pain. We don't want to feel that pain, so we avoid and override that. And that's the same as almost like, um, could you imagine like having like a three year old or a two year old and just like completely ignoring it yeah you know what i mean it's, it's very traumatizing so a lot of times when we're not um simply just giving it attention and just allowing it to allowing be in that it, yeah. space like you're showing up for it and yeah. the worst thing you can do is avoid it yes. and, and the next worst thing is to let it completely control mm -hmm. your thoughts your actions your deeds which is what so many of us end up doing you know maybe not consciously but it's like why why am i doing that you know or like you're saying, we act to cover up that pain because it's in so intolerable. I don't want anybody to see it, how oh bad I gosh. feel, you because if somebody it. knows yeah. how bad I feel, they're going to reject me. Mm -hmm. They're going to think I'm just an energy sucker and then I got to make it all about me and I got to <laughs> get all the attention on myself. And yeah. so I got to, I got to do something to make sure I feel good and I can share that energy with other people. And, mm. and a lot of times it's hard to do that. And I, I don't, yeah. I feel it's when I'm hurting so bad, I don't want it's hard. I don't want to cover it up, but I like yesterday I was helping the uh, helping my friends with the cleaning project, and I just started saying, "I, I just feel terrible. I'm sorry. I, I, I can't. I don't know." And people were very helpful. Mm -hmm. I had this feeling of like an alien jumping out of my belly or mm. something. I'm like, "What? I can't even make sense of what's happening wow. in my body, yeah. and I'm just yeah. having this like jump out pain." Mm. But I move around. I just talk about it, and having people respond with love and care, then. Okay, great. It didn't take much attention. Kyle helped me. I called him. Didn't take very much attention and just talking through it. And I'm like, all right. And it shifted mm. the energy and I felt better and I was ready to help. And it, mm. I've just been letting it happen. <laughs> if I, I've got this thing. Now, I can't do that in the pro certain professional worlds. I got to yeah. do it safe. Right. Friends, people who are open. Yeah. If I just go out in a professional world and start telling people I'm professionally obligated, that I don't say anything about it in that environment. But if so you I'm, can't also do it with people that you trust, like, where does that lead us? Yeah, back like, to the neglect. Right. Back to the old it's feelings. It's a cycle. Again. It just builds upon itself. That. I mean, that's, you know, isn't that like the, the, the dilemma of the modern man? You know, you have to, you can't show emotion. You can't share these things. You can't ever allow for any vulnerability i mean that's obviously an extreme thing but it, to, to some degree there's so much of that that's in us just sort of culturally that we accept that that is normal and therefore it is actually the best way to be maybe it is but maybe it's not i mean this is always something i've really appreciated about you grant though because <laughs> i mean part of the you would make these videos i remember uh on facebook where you would like 
like groan and just make all these sounds like you're like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) and you would just literally just express how you're feeling. And there was just, there wasn't really any shame. This is who I am. And I think there's something about that. That's, that's really refreshing and appealing. Um, because, um, I don't know. I mean, you, you would think just hearing that that wouldn't be a very flattering video, but everybody would love that stuff. I don't want to say everybody. Yeah, not everybody. <laughs> Some people did not love it. Some people don't want to see me making. It makes people uncomfortable. Right. I'm expressing my uncomfortableness, mm. and people who are need that to see that they really it's relieving. It's like oh, mm. somebody's expressing it. But right. if you're really in a control paradigm where it's hard for you to. You don't want anything to make you feel uncomfortable, then you probably don't want to watch those videos. It's painful. Because it's going to be painful. It's going to remind you of your own inarticulatable pain, the feeling you're really having that you don't want anybody to know. You don't want to think about it, and you don't want it to Mm -hmm. happen out in front of everybody. Well, but it's also... Like this is how it was for me. It's it's also like, oh, somebody else is going through it. Right, right. Not everybody's freaking perfect. It's not just me. You know, and that's a good thing. And also since you recently um got sober from alcohol and cigarettes i haven't smoked or drank in over two and a half months Mm. wow well congratulations thank you that's amazing thank you um so i would think with that you're probably experiencing a little bit more huh like a lot of that stuff because you know it's usually i've found with addictions it's usually less about the substance and more about the thing that we're covering up with the substance oh yeah so when you give something away, I mean, there's a reason why we keep reaching for it. There's a reason why there's something kind of tucked deep in there. So, you know, you, that's why people don't stop their addictions usually. So I'm guessing that has that flared up. Have you been noticing like since you started that stuff flaring up? More? Oh yeah. What was happening yesterday, I, I definitely felt was a flare up of like, okay, now I, I don't have a way to just hide the feeling with a, a means, a chemical means. So feelings are coming up more and the, you know, it's like I... I didn't even think I could come up to Roku and be totally sober. Uh, but this is the first time I've been up here with no substance whatsoever. And I'm glad about that. But I know that it triggered feelings of longing, feelings of wanting, feelings of forbidden energy. Man, I, I, it's hard to even think about it. I started to try to think about it and I feel kind of crazy. And so I try to run away from it. Well, then I, I, I can't run away from it. Oh, I got to sit with it. Oh, how did how did you get the willpower to stop or what can you describe the process what what made you finally well i was living we were living my friend john had been living with us for a couple of years and he wanted to go to aa and so i took him to aa and the first meeting uh i was just there for him and then I, i came to a second meeting that i took him to and i realized like i think i'm supposed to quit I think mm. I'm supposed to quit alcohol. It's like I could feel it in the group, and I was like, "No, I actually like what's happening here." I was resisting it for a long time, mm. and then uh, he had crashed his car in the snowbank of this church, and it sat there for several weeks. And I realized, "Oh, we're supposed to go to that church," mm. because I just felt like it was the spirit leading us. So, went to the A. I took him to the A meeting. I took him to church. And then I met, I felt the spirit leading me to go talk to this certain minister. I talked to him and we set up a time to visit and read the book of John in the New Testament. And I started uh, to read that book with him. And I saw about Jesus being the grace and the truth. 
And I had this feeling inside of like, I was thinking I was bringing grace and truth in my person. And I could tell in that place, I was not. I was covering my self-sickness, my self-selfishness. And it was hard. I don't want to admit my ego self-selfishness, but here I am. Talk, I'm talking right now. I've got a self-centeredness problem that I'm working through. And I could feel this voice. I felt like it was Jesus telling me, Grant, why don't you put that tobacco away? Grant, why don't you throw that pen away? And I, I did. I listened to it. I felt the grace and the truth. And I felt, okay, now I've got the message. And I haven't had a smoke since then. That's awesome. This is like almost like divine intervention. Yeah. I felt like it was a spirit yeah. intervention. And I was waiting until. I didn't want to try to do it. And I don't want to white knuckle it. Right. And AA, they talk about you lean into your higher power. You're not, it's not just willing it. Mm -hmm. And that's really helped. I, need, I felt isolated and I needed support. I wanted to make sure that I had that support before I was ready to, to really quit. And you're... Mm -hmm. Like what to just bring light what we were talking earlier, you're actually giving giving more of a voice to that like hurt kid inside of you, you know, because you're not actually going to something to cover it up anymore. Right, shame and isolation, mm -hmm. feeling bad about myself. Yeah. And the the key here is though, because I know I've I was involved in a ten step program, and one of the things they said is you know anybody can stop, you know, smoking, drinking, using media, whatever, but the key is to remain stopped. How are you remaining stopping? How, what, you know what I mean? I have the AA meeting I go to and I have a sponsor. So you got support. It helps me to see those men because mm -hmm. when I go, it's mostly men at the group. Uh, and I feel like I've been able, I know it helps because I'll say how I've really been feeling in the circle. And these are conservative older men. And many times I can tell that they've been sober a long time. I don't want to let them down my behavior but also I can tell when I'm really saying my feelings into the group I can tell it affects them I can tell it's it's connecting us and it makes a huge difference when I feel their support and that my I matter enough to these guys that I wouldn't have otherwise thought would care about me who come up to me after the meeting and say I heard what you said or they reference what I'm feeling and come up and show their love to me that that made a big difference that's making a big difference Support so huge. Um, what about higher power? Do you think is there part of you that you think you've surrendered to where that's helping you? That can I lean into the higher power? I mean, I was already uh, a spiritual person. Anybody that knows me, I I love God or love the Spirit. Mm -hmm. I connect Spirit in all kinds of ways. Uh, I love Jesus, but since the twelve step program is you you surrender to your higher power, and that's part of how you you letting go of your will. And it's been good. The men have helped me see how self-centered I am in, in ways I didn't re even realize. And letting go of that self-centeredness and leaning in to the Spirit as a way to guide my will, I would say it does help. I do my meditations in the morning and I read my spiritual books and I feel like it helps me. And you also have a space to go to. I noticed that. I, I always felt like that might help. Like you kind of... In your living situation, you kind of created something. You got like a place to go where you can be totally by yeah, yourself. Yeah, my, my brother sent me this little sit cushion with a little mat. And so I got my little special place and I got mm -hmm. my old books there. And I, I know if I go sit there and I might feel bad, but I can go and realize that I'm this is coming up for good reason. And this is so that I can learn and that this is the, something the Spirit's showing me so I can learn and grow in a place I might not have before. And if I... If I'm having a really hard time and I lean into the higher power, I do feel there's an opening inside my 
like my brain, like my body. And mm. if I can remember and be conscious to lean into that power, it really does help me. Cool, man. Well, you are listening to 91.9 WDRT, Radio Free Space, and this is the Conscious Bro Show. Uh, we are here with Grant Gentry Hicks. We're talking about vulnerability. We're talking about how he just got sober, and we were talking about what's been coming up for you, which is a good lead-in because I know we've been talking about some of the stuff that's been coming up for you um, since he got sober and even before, and I uh, was wondering if you're interested in getting into some of the, the sexuality things that were coming up for you. Yeah, I, I feel afraid when you say the word sexuality. Oh, I would sorry. say it's more like I feel, I feel a lot of feminine energy in my body, okay. and I feel people who know me know I like to express myself in ways that feminine ways. Mas- I like to be masculine, and I like to be feminine. And I feel if I go back home to Texas or a lot of the conservative area I live in in Iowa, I feel like there's no room for that. Like if I, when I'm doing my professional job, if I start to express feminine energy, it makes people feel uncomfortable. But if I just stay in the masculine energy and keep my own energy kind of sidelined, and that's what I feel. It's like I'm sidelining my energy to make sure that I don't express this feminine energy in front of other people. What was it like? Because... And I don't know if we said this, but you grew up in South Texas. Central Texas. Central Texas. It's very conservative farmland. It's, and uh, being gay or being feminine if you're a man is like the worst thing. It's a very racist area. But even worse than being dark is being feminine, where I'm from. So um, you kind of had to silence that then, like you were saying? Or? No room for that. If, if it's merciless, people will tear you apart. There's, you have no respect whatsoever. So there's what, any hint that you might be gay or you might be uh, feminine, or there's just no respect. You will, you won't have. You, people won't treat you right. They're gonna. There's violence. There's bullying. There's intimidation. A lot of people can't. It really damages them. When did you find your first like kind of release into this feminine part of yourself that wanted to express? I remember when I got, I mean, I'd already started realizing that I was, something was missing about my person and I wasn't really connecting to myself. And I started getting suicidal when I was in my early 20s. And I'd, I, I remember I started thinking, I, I can't take this pain. I, I might kill myself. And I was thinking, what could I do? And I realized I had this little skirt and I had this little tight top. And I put the tight top on and a little skirt and I was like, I feel so much better. <laughs> I'm going to clean my room. What have I been thinking? And I put my, decorated my room. I cleaned everything up. I was like, oh, this is great. I'm just going to share this with everybody. And uh, My mom saw me and she freaked out. And she thought it was terrible. And it, it was like, I tried to explain to her, well, it's better than suicide, right? To express this energy. But I could not, I could not get that across to my mother. That's still an issue with me. It's a sad issue. I feel. Inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like my mom doesn't... She only wants me to pass. She only wants me to be masculine, period. Well, I mean, it, it's like if I'm hearing you right, it's not even that you're going to be quote-unquote feminine. It's like we're talking about anything but 100% masculine. You know, it's two different things we're talking about here. It's like 
we men in this society, I mean, obviously in some places, maybe more than others, but it's like, it's not feminine, men, you know, it's just like, everybody's a little bit of both. Everybody has a little bit of a feminine right side to them. The most masculine man, you know, has a feminine, you know, component to their being. And to whatever degree that exists, to completely forsake that part of you, you know, and to be anything, you know, but this 100% masculine situation, it's, it's so like, how did, how does that reconcile with, again, you know, just having a peaceful, productive, you know, blissful existence for all of us and, and women as well, you know, that just maybe perhaps in the opposite sort of configuration, but it's the same thing. It's like you're being, we're all forced to be somewhat inauthentic because we have to fit into these societal norms at the threat of potentially violence, whether it's emotional violence or physical violence or whatever. Yes. Yeah. And the Chinese medicine you know, is based around the yin and the yang and the balancing of the yin and the yang. Mm -hmm. And at the heart of the yin is yang. At the heart of the yang is yin. Mm -hmm. And so and I see like if I, uh, a lot of times I would, Think well. I'm going to get really feminine. That's going to make it all better. And I would. And I'd make I get real feminine and start to make it better. But then I would start to feel like, oh, I need to be more masculine. And I could feel it inside mm -hmm. my body. And then I'd gravitate over to the masculine and feel like, oh, I love this. Wow, oh, this is so great. I can't believe I wouldn't get this guy thing. Is so great. <laughs> and then it won't take long. And I'm like, oh, I, I really. Could. And so I know there's a balancing. And in the in the ancient uh, tradition, in the martial arts, even in in the mastery. The key for men is to discover the the yin pearl at the base of the mountain, mm. the like seed of yin within. And if you that finding that is like part of the root of your power. Mm -hmm. And if you're afraid, like modern day, the, the I'm just going to be man no matter what. Nobody's going to touch me. And mm -hmm. this kind of energy, you're cut off, like you're saying, with from like half of your own person. It leaves men feeling mm -hmm. like they can't access their feelings, their sensitivity. And mm -hmm. if you're able to tap into that deep feminine place it actually helps expand and, and develop your masculinity where you can have more room to grow and express yourself and yeah it's almost like yeah. the, it's like this source of nurturing it's almost like this cushion to kind of let the warrior mm -hmm. lay back in or something like that it kind of feeds the masculine where the masculine would this is just how i see it would kind of like run dry without right it. well and, and and the pearl you know maybe in a i guess the way i think about it is that the pearl is isn't necessarily just the feminine but the pearl is actually the complete total integration of all the elements of who you are as a human being and putting that into this package that is as much as you can you know your true authentic self and it's like if, if part of that is showing some vulnerability in your sort of feminine side you know of course that's going to make you a more idealized human being in this in this crazy challenging world well, up here in the Driftless, that's what's so great about visiting up here. Whenever I come up here, I see everybody, and I'm like, oh, this is great. I can just be myself, and I connect to people, and people embrace and accept mm. me, and however I express myself. Mm. But if I go back home, <laughs> or if I go back to central Iowa, it's like a wall or something. I try to express myself, and it's you can tell it's like wearing a big beacon on your forehead if people are nervous and you know just me moving my body is making people nervous and i don't want to i'm not trying to make people nervous right by just being here yeah in fact i want to put people at ease and like let's be free and enjoy ourselves no 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 you feel like you gotta like change yourself almost oh definitely to like not upset other people's frequency if i don't want to take the direct disrespect attacking 
I mean, just direct disrespect constantly. So then part of yourself almost gets kind of like silenced in order to like make other people okay. Yeah. Like that. And that's not I'm, your fault. I mean, it's, I feel bad about that. That's tough though, man. Like, what are you supposed to do? I mean, I wanted to ask you, I wanted to ask you, so like when your mom would get upset, do you think it was more just because you were acting feminine or is it like fear that you could be gay or bi? Cause I, I, I just want to say, I'm noticing this, like if somebody acts a little feminine, it's like automatically like label gay or label, but there's, they slap people's propensity just to slap a label on it. Like the other day I was doing, I was doing Qigong in front of other people and somebody, a woman, young woman was like, I'm finding it really hard to believe that you're not gay. Just because I was sitting, I was yeah. sitting there kind of doing Qigong. I'm like, I'm, I'm like not gay at all. I don't have any attraction uh, to, to men in that way. Yeah. But like, I was just doing it because I, it was helping my energy at that yeah. time. Cause I felt like really scattered yet. I was just because I was making funny movements. Like you said, immediately that label goes on, open up the flowing energy in my body and <laughs> oh, people are getting nervous. It's <laughs> like, what the heck is going on here? So do you, do you think it's more of, um, yeah, I just wanted to see if you could speak to that. Is it more of just the, the fact of just acting feminine or is it a, a worry that you could be this and that could... It's just, you better get that status. You're supposed to stay and not damage my status. You're supposed to act in accordance with this certain framework or otherwise I'm going. my mother's going to look bad. Or, you know, I don't mean to speak negatively about my mother. I feel bad about that too, but I think it's in the space and she's just reflecting a lot of the values of where I'm from and it's cowboy culture. And if you're not a big rugged cowboy, there's, there's like something wrong with you. And if you're not trying to shoot for that, there's something wrong with you. And it's wow. so oppressive in, in that way. If you don't feel like you belong in that culture, then you don't count and you're just mm. open target for disrespect. Well, there's this like this idea of what it means to be a man kind of thing that it's like if you're not doing this then you're not that or something but something that you've really helped me out with like since i've met you my wardrobe has has taken off i guess you can oh, say <laughs> right. i mean i just right. wear all sorts of colors and i wear skirts sometimes and i'll, I'll wear stuff and uh whereas before that might have threatened my masculinity i promise you in no way does that threaten my masculinity now mm. it, it feels like it brings something out. It brings like more like creativity and color. And, mm -hmm. and I really enjoy wearing these, these cool outfits th that could be like feminine colors, mm -hmm. like pinkish or just any kind of wild thing. I, I can, you've definitely helped me embrace that without feeling any, but I could totally see how, and there's been multiple times where someone's like, what the, mm -hmm. you know, you get the weird looks totally. Well, cause you might be, Gay. You <laughs> might be part of the LGBT community, and if you are, then that's bad. And why is that bad? Well, it's I. I don't think it's bad. I think it's great. Why do people think it's bad? Well, where I'm from, it means you're bad. It just means like you don't count. You're. It's like the thing nobody wants to own up to, or nobody wants to be seen that way. Because if you are, people are just going to openly make fun of you. And if you, and and even in the church, a lot of the church I've been to, people. It's okay just for preachers to just openly blame the LGBT community or the LGBT agenda for for what's happening. And then if people are uh, expressing themselves in different ways, then they're threatening Jesus. And I'm like, I don't hmm. think Jesus is threatened by this. I think Jesus says, Jesus, Jesus says, I am in the least of these. If you're 
people who are marginalized and are pushed to the side. To me, that's where Jesus is. That's what he said. That's where he is. And that's where I look. And I, I feel that we should be inclusive for, for all the diversity of people and allow for all these differences and celebrate these great differences. And then we could all feel safer and freer and feel the good flowing energy together. I think that would be great. And that, that seems to be something like for histories that society's kind of been like pushing, just like how we, we were talking about how people are kind of pushing that inner pain away. Society's kind of been pushing away like um, people that like people of the same sex or people that are different or people that act feminine or masculine that are of the opposite sex. seems like society's been like hiding from that. Um, I guess that's just to, to not be uncomfortable. What do you guys think? I mean, it's just, it's been, you know, a masculinity dominated yeah. set of repetitive serial civilizations run by, I mean, obviously there's some exceptions, but just in total throughout recent imperial. history, last few, few thousand years, imperialness, which at the end of the day, who's, who's at the top of that? It's a bunch of, Men, women, doesn't matter. Just people who are very much where the masculinity at all costs. Warlike masculinity. Which, be, which lends into aggressiveness and violence. Threat of violence, control society, imperial, you know, haves, have not. I mean, this whole thing, it, it, it's oversimplified. But, I mean, just to respond to that, like, why is it that way? That's the, that's the culture that we've had for thousands of years, you know, from one civilization to the next. In, in a warrior culture, you know, the worst thing you can be is feminine because you might not be brave to fight in battle, mm -hmm. and even though some cultures women fight too. But like there was mm -hmm. this put down, if you're not going to fight or be strong in the fight, then you might be a liability to our team. And we can't afford that because we don't have enough it's warriors. Like a survival it's a survival thing. thing. Yeah. And we need our men to be strong so that they can protect. And I love that. I want to be strong men and protect. And I value the strong men and protect. But right. we need our men to feel and to be able to express those feelings and to be able to stand and understand women's feelings and un help each other to bridge that if, gap. If society, and maybe we should say when societies over the millennia were very much like, if you aren't violent, you will not exist. You can almost sort of see where, okay, well, this, we're not saying all this is uniformly bad, bad, this is wrong, but this is a different era where we can value somebody who's not just a warrior. And we can be expressing our true selves and still be an effective warrior. You know, so there's the and that's, that keeps coming up in all of this. And the new era, I feel like, for wellness is, is appreciating the and like we can have this and we can have that in in ourselves and it is the, maybe the natural state of being so why are we freaking fighting it well that warrior attitude also can be applied to more things than just like attacking other yeah, people and right. killing other people like, like symbolic in a, a day and age where we don't have to fight for our survival all the time and, and fight wars all the time like like back in the day um there's almost a warrior attitude of just going in there and just being who you are. Mm -hmm. I mean, like vulnerability. We want, <laughs> you want to so talk true. about strength? Yeah. Um, it takes a lot of strength to actually just expose who you are and not like what's easier to do. Just act like everybody, mm -hmm. like follow the mold of everything that you've ever been taught, what society's ever taught, or 
to just risk everything yeah. and be who you are. Who's the stronger person? Who's the stronger person? Well, which is fascinating from, you know, what you guys are both saying where it's like, I, I don't care. I'm going to express myself this way. Not, not to like get in somebody's face and make, you know, necessarily make people uncomfortable because this just feels like how I want to be. So let me just proceed forth. And who, like you said, that is a warrior mentality equally, which is pretty interesting. Way to, to There's a battle there. There's a battle that you have to fight for just to be who you are. It seems like you're fighting that battle right now. Yeah, I've I've also you know I live with my girlfriend Becky, and I feel like um, a lot of times I feel like I'm living this very straight life, straight straight life, and I, but I feel like I'm not like I'm not. I feel like there's a tension, and she's very supportive. So I could be as feminine as I want with her, and she actually in some ways really prefers and likes me to be feminine because I'm safe. She's had a lot of trauma, and if I get too aggressive, it's actually off-putting to her. And so she really re- loves and responds and accepts me being as feminine as I want to be, soft, emotional, available. But I feel this tension inside of me, like I'm, I'm not, somehow not being authentic in the environment because I'm not expressing myself enough, and it just goes around and around. Like, oh, is it okay? Yeah, it's okay. Well, now, I, so I'm just trying to... Uh, I want to be able to accept myself just like I am and try to find the way to live in a way that's not this constant tension. Yeah. And it's like earlier you were saying you don't want this tension to dominate because you want to be able to live life and be around other people and do the work. And And I find that this so consumes a lot of my attention, this constant feeling like I'm not, oh, I can't move my arm this certain way or I can't move my body or it's going to make everybody uncomfortable. And it just, mm-hmm. that feeling is causes a lot of anxiety. Mm-hmm. So in in this current age, there's, I don't know what you guys would call it. There's been kind of almost a blooming or something of acceptance towards it. Would you agree? Since when? The younger when, people. At least the younger people. Since when did that start? Like in the 60s maybe? Or later than that? Each generation is a little more open. I thought for a long time I was definitely a part of the LGBTQ community. But then I'm like, well, I'm not truly trans like, because I've met tr- truly trans people, and I'm like, oh, I, I, and another guy was telling me, like, I'm doing them a dishonor if I'm not truly trans by calling myself trans. And then if I'm only having sex with a woman and I'm a man, then I'm straight, according to, to, to I mean, what, and then, but if in the community, do I need to, what, if I'm openly, what's, what I might call, like, just, flourishing flowing my energy in a way that is unusual for men a lot of people see me doing that and that obvious there's this obvious they think i'm obviously gay and so i am i doing a gay thing even though i'm having sex with a woman is that is that so it's just this weird tension in the field oh if you're moving that clip does that mean that you're having that you should be having sex with a man and if you're not having sex with a man does that make you inauthentic because you're you're moving like is that are you trying to get the attention of a man i'm like no i'm not trying to draw it i'm not trying to get a man to want to have sex with me by moving this way <laughs> expressing the feeling of my body and so i'm glad to talk about it thank you guys are really helpful to really flesh this out when know. is this you know whoever who talks well, about the, you know like this is stuff that we can't talk about you know yeah. because of the same reasons you brought up well and i'm happy that we get to talk about it on 919 WDRT Radio Free Space. 
This is the Conscious Bro Show. Our guest is uh, my great friend, Grant Gentry Hicks. We're talking about um, being vulnerable and being who you are and Grant's explorations and kind of finding that out, you know, who he is and then how, like, get labels slapped on you all the time. And What's so distressing about being labeled? Well, I feel like it reduces your person. Like if a person can say, oh, he's just this. Now they don't have to think about you as an individual person or respect you. They get to feel better than. And for a lot of people who feel so bad about themselves already, that chance to feel better than is really tempting. Mm. So I'm just applying you to a group versus the, right, which we talked about as well. Like that's mm. such a huge concept. And it's so easy to put people into the group. So that they can feel better about themselves or whatever the you know complex situation is but we're all individuals we're all the and i mean the and is the in, is is the individual i'm this and this i'm this and this versus you're that and therefore all that i think about that group applies to you without question and that's all you are yeah that's, that's prejudice <laughs> discrimination mm-hmm. you know if, I, if, or if you don't fit within the paradigm and you're yeah. not exhibiting the ideal qualities as given which nobody is right and some nobody few uh, do and get a lot of respect but then mm-hmm. they're not actually being kind and considerate a lot of mm-hmm. time, like you'd think we want to be kind and considerate but then the ones who are really kind and considerate are it's easily disrespected or not given full credit that's because the power if you, you know there, I know there's a power dynamic where if you're uh, some people, if you if you've got your power, then you don't have to be nice because you can have your power, mm-hmm. and you don't have to cater to anybody, and no mm-hmm. everybody else has to cater to you, so you don't have to be nice. And so some people think, well, you're being nice, that means you don't have any, you're just not used to having a privilege or a power, and so you have to be nice to people to survive. And I think there's something true to that, and a lot of people are, uh, we're, we're having to be nice to survive and to get along, but I I think that there's a I don't know. I just see that dynamic, and it, it's troublesome. I think, well, sh- does that mean I should be more powerful? Am I being too nice just because I care about people and mm. I, feel, I feel what you feel? And but if I express that niceness and how you feel too much, and I'm going to look weak, and now I'm going to make myself vulnerable to you uh, looking down on me and disrespecting me. Mm. And it's yeah. interesting. It's always been interesting to me because, like, if you look at the the medicine wheel which depicts the different colors and races and you know you got white um yellow red and black so white like i look down at myself and you know i would be called white and it doesn't look white it looks like freckles (laughs) and peach when i was a kid i used to always color myself peach because i would i would use the white crayon and i would color it i'm like i don't that's not what I look like. I look, I look like right. the peach crayon. You've got some yeah. orange on your skin. Orange, yeah, orange. <laughs> Especially if I got a little sun. Yeah. And then if you go over the red, you know, Native American, like, you know, if you look at the color red, it doesn't seem like that's the color red. Black people look like more brown. Mm-hmm. And the Asians, are they really yellow? It's kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Why this, like, generalization like that? You it's know the same mean? thing. It's like the in-group bias. Like, we can just assign people to, they're out, not in my group, they're in that group, so... That's how they are. Let's apply all these these prejudices and preconceived notions about how they are. And, you know, as we've talked about as well in the past, it becomes so much more powerful and exponentially growing when you can do this in the, in the realms of 
you know, the virtual world that is the crazy internet. You mean because you can project certain images and make yourself look a certain way to fit more in with the prescribed image? Well, that as well, but I'm just saying, you know, the ability to, for one group to take and put a whole nother set of people into another group and then have that, the energy of the two, of the, of the importance of the difference between those groups be accelerated and amplified within the echo chamber of the virtual world of, you know, social media and the internet. Would you guys say, is there any value um, into like lumping everybody? There's got to be some value into it, right? What would you say about that? Right. I mean, it's probably been protective over, you know, the thousands of years, you know, time course of, of the homo sapien, but when it becomes exaggerated to the degree that it is now, it becomes, you know, it's this hugely, hugely detrimental force. I mean, as, as groups go and then also within ourselves. I, I think it's about threat. One part is threat assessment. Are you a threat to me? Mm-hmm. If I can look at some of your features and make an assessment, a really quick assessment about who you are, I can gauge the relative level of threat that you are to, to me or to my people or to my family. And so if there's a natural way we just judge right quick to assess threat assessments. And now it doesn't take much to be threatening. If you say the wrong thing, if you do the wrong thing in the space, if you look a certain way, for a lot of people, it's threatening. They don't know how to respond and they don't know what to do and they feel this pressure. So that, it's unknown. It's like the unknown. Yes. They're, they're not used to it. It's just they're mm-hmm. not familiar with it. And somehow what we're familiar with and what we understand, I guess, makes us feel safer. It does. And it's also probably genetic. You know, there was that Christakis's last book where he, his, the whole premise of this book was the sort of genetic component, this innate ability within all of us to favor consideration of the world into different groups, especially as far as other tribes and humans go. And it was, you know, it's an amazing book and it's, it's, it's exactly what we're saying. It's sort of scientific-ish proof of what we're talking about here, that we have a propensity to, to think about things in groups. So, Tony, you are um, Filipino and Jewish, am I <laughs> correct there? Yep. So did, did you ever get labeled? We labeled ourselves as Julipinos, but you Julipino. know, that, was more of a <laughs> that was more of a benign, friendly sort of... Uh, type of uh, description. Um, you know, I, I think I've talked about this before on the show, but my I grew up here and I this is home. You know, this is like the, the I feel so incredibly lucky to live here and be part of this community. And, you know, it is what it is. Back in the 70s when I was like the only person who wasn't not, you know, I was essentially considered myself like Scandinavian by association, mm-hmm. you know, because that's, that's all the people that lived here essentially, except myself and my family. And, and, you know, on one hand, it's, it's really an incredible testament to the welcomeness of this area that it really wasn't like horrific. You know, I definitely, none of us are, you know, back in the seventies and eighties, even was it like horrific, but it was still this notable thing where like, I can't, change my appearance and my mm. you know external presentation to the world and you can't be less white you gotta, gotta I, be yeah, more white i can't be more white or whatever you know and yeah and so there's gonna be a few haters in there and it's not like you would go into a party or you know whatever some situation and be like um you know i don't like that guy that's walking in that tony mac said because 
you know, of his politics or because of this or that. It's like strictly because of the fact that was I'm brownish, I guess. And, and and again, this was a, this was a few people, but you never really knew who they were. Mm-hmm. And so to like go into a place where like, oh, there's going to be people who like me, don't like me. That's life, you know. That's all of us. But to go in and where, whether they would like me or not, they don't like me because of how I look. And then to make it known that there's this slight threat of violence with that. You know? It's unsafe. Like might, it's slightly unsafe. Whereas like, why, why does everyone else here get to be safe? And I have to be like unsafe. You know, and of course my problems are, you know, what, tiny compared to so many people's. But I did experience that group thing growing up a little bit. And then, you know, you it's like, how do you emerge past that and be whole and be integrated within yourself and, and not be angry and not have this trauma like dominate what you do in the world. I'm still trying to do it. You know, (laughs) (laughs) it's like you still, I still have these insecurities and stuff because Mm -hmm. of some of those, you know, many regular experiences of, you know, having this sort of threat of violence of, of this kind of weird occasional racism that would come up. Um, But I guess it's just like we were saying earlier, you know, you take, you, you accept that those, damaged parts of your internal areas of these things that happen to us as we're you know, children in this context and this trauma that I went through in that way, similar to many other people, everyone's trauma, you know, everybody has something that they were traumatized by and it's all you can do is accept that, that it's there and almost not embrace it, but just like coexist with it and then live your best life despite your issues or maybe because of them it didn't stop you from having access you were able to get the status and access to good work uh, despite uh, these limitations and what if you yeah. get access then you're 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 all right there you're you in. go you got right. your access yeah. and you're okay if you don't yeah. get that access then it's harder and I was lucky in that way I mean just again as a sort of like you know thought experiment like at the end of the day I was able to you know, maybe partly by luck, partly by, you know, trying to charm people or whatever, but, you know, partly out of this desperate necessity as like this non-huge human being who was different from everybody else and became part of that crew, essentially. You know, the rest of the, the dudes and the people that were in the, in, the, in the school or whatever that we existed with. And it was, uh, you know, like you were saying, then it was all these other issues kind of irrelevant because now I'm their friend and not this other person who they get to know you and see what do you know you're likable and enjoyable and intelligent I guess right you know and and like you're saying it could have gone the other way you know if I wasn't in that situation where I just I wasn't fortunate enough to like sort of be accepted by you know the 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 in crowd or whatever um yeah I mean that would have been a even a whole nother level of of struggle yeah and, and I definitely enjoyed all the privileges privileges of a white male and and whatnot but um i definitely got labeled i mean i definitely felt when i was a kid i felt uh shame about my um i guess how light my skin was because i got easily sunburned and then my freckles and i used to get called ginger all the time and uh uh get made fun of for my hair people calling me fire crotch on the bus and then my (laughs) and then uh you know so it definitely took me um i feel like all of you know I guess I don't want to overgeneralize by all of us, but you know, usually in your life, to some degree, other some people probably way worse than others. You have to deal with this um, 
I don't know, having to fight through uh, this label because I, um, yeah, I felt deeply like I had to like, I basically hid my red hair. I got strawberry blonde hair, but like I would like highlight it because I just felt like um, nobody would be attracted to me if, if they saw my red hair. And um, I got ridiculed by that for my freckles all this time. Have you, uh, I mean, I guess you have already said you've been labeled. Well, when I was a kid, my, I had a neighbor come uh, drive up next to me while I was walking down the road and said, well, hello, Grant. It's you, Grant. I, I thought you were a wetback. And uh, where I'm from, uh, Mexicans are people that came across the border were put down with that name, which is a terrible name. And he was basically saying, oh, I guess you're just like one of those people. And so I, I feel a mix of feeling like I'm, I'm darker skinned and does that make, does that make me like these other darker skinned people or we're, we're all supposed to be here in this group. And I just, I just know that if you were a lot of the, the Mexican people didn't get treated as well and they didn't get the same inclusion and the same, the same respect. So Grant, did you face any ridicule on your school? Yeah, I, I did face ridicule in my school. I wasn't always sure why I was getting ridiculed because I, I thought there's something about me. It must be wrong with me. And, uh, I was different. There's something about me that was different, and I wasn't even quite sure what it was because people wouldn't say it, call it out that way. It was just seemed like I had a license on me to, for disrespect, and sometimes I still see that license, uh, and I, I'm not real sure why I'm getting that license exactly. And, I've been waking up to if I get too feminine, that's a license for disrespect. <laughs> if I my skin gets uh, distressingly dark, in the words of my girlfriend, uh, that is a license for some disrespect. If I use uh, if I become too articulate in certain places, that is a license for disrespect. And so, uh, I, I, I mean, I know a lot of other people took it a lot worse than me, but. I was sensitive to those people because I took it for a while pretty pretty good myself because I felt really different. I know a lot of other people who felt really different really took it bad, it damaged and hurt a lot of those people. Yeah, I felt really stupid uh, when I was in school for whatever reason. I know I wasn't, but um, I don't know. I was like afraid to answer my hand because I felt dumb. I got called airhead a lot when I was a young kid. I think that's why. Hmm. But I definitely felt stupid. So we all, I mean, I just feel like I mean, some people probably experience it more than others, but we all yeah. have to be familiar with feeling, I guess, I don't know, not included at least somewhere in our lives or less than. How can we um, work through that and be comfortable with what makes us unique and what makes us different? How have you done that? Well, I watch. Like, if I can, it's about my self consciousness. Like, if I'm in a group and suddenly I'm just present with the people next to me and I'm paying attention to them and I'm seeing what's going on, I see that my energy comes across in a good way. And it, if I'm not thinking about myself and my trauma, mm. then there's no issue because it's not even, it's not even on my mind. Right. I'm interested in no this issue. engagement and right. other right. people and what's listening to them and getting That's out right. of my self centered problem and wow. right. getting it's into so the community so and be aware of other people and yeah. how nice Caring it is to others. share this care we have mm. together and this enthusiasm to be close together. Mm-hmm. I found, I was oh. talking about this the other day, but I found just having this general interest in your fellow man, woman. Mm-hmm. If you're interested in people that aren't like you, people that are from different parts of the country, people that look differently from you, there's 
if you give your chance to hear, hear someone's story and get to know them mm-hmm. and learn a little about them, people are free. They're fascinating. Right. All the stuff they've done, all the things that they've, that they've lived through and been through. And when you, when you start to learn some of these things, you start to really have a lot of respect mm-hmm. for their journey and stuff. Well, what does it harm you to like, just put, put the love right here, you know, just right out in front of you. And that's how you interact with the world, especially in the people who wear maybe in another situation you might consider them an adversary because they're in the other group you know they're this that political whatever but like you're saying like we're probably way more similar than we are different you know at the end of the day and if you put love first i mean where it's you were able to do this it's like isn't isn't the world just like a little better place it's just like you're saying i mean jesus says love your neighbor as yourself i mean the more we can do that love our enemies love each other the better things will be i think and then focus on that heart too there's we all share that in Mm -hmm. common we have a big heart like in the center of our chest some people have covered it up with a lot of stuff some Mm -hmm. people got a lot of trauma of it some people wear it on their sleeve Mm -hmm. so there's obviously different different levels of expression of it but if we if we focus on that you can really feel the like the warmth Mm -hmm. i think you want to be safe if it has to be safe. If you don't yeah, feel safe, and safe. then I come into my heart in the That's wrong the group, then right. now I'm licensed yeah, for disrespect because right. I so might then, cry and feel bad, and I'm going to get this nice self-centered problem. Mm. Whereas if I'm with safety and I can, we establish our friendship and our love together mm-hmm. and our fellow connection, then yeah, it's that now we can feel a power from it instead of it being the thing that... You do have to feel safe. We got just a little bit more time, but yeah. we, we have to answer this because you're, you're totally right. You have to feel safe to let your heart kind of unfold and bloom how do you create that safety got to be around other people you can trust who care about you Mm -hmm. actually care about you and have some relative belief that it's okay for us to be different Mm -hmm. you don't have to be just this certain way you know if you're around people that believe you have to be a certain way and and you're not that way then you're going to be unsafe wow what if you're in an unsafe area do you have to relocate to a safe area or do you have to kind of just take that risk with courage and try to... Well, my girlfriend think. thinks that uh, authenticity is a luxury because she's so often felt unsafe mm. that wow. that if you are too much who you really are, you're going to get abused or disrespected. Well, you will damaged. get hurt. It, there, there's no avoiding when you put your heart out there that there will be pains along the way, but I feel like that's part of the journey. So we got to close up. I wanted, I wanted to just say to get any final words of wisdom for anybody. I love you guys and thankful thankful for being here and y'all listening to me talk about my difficulties and sharing it with everybody. Thank you. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on. You guys are listening to 91.9 WDRT Radio Free Space, Roqua, and this is the Conscious Bro Show. This is Conscious Bro out.